0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Entrepreneur Summit. These are events that teach you strategies from the experts, lessons learned from the trenches, and connections to take your business to the next level. Welcome to the official podcast of the Entrepreneur Summit. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and so happy to have you here. And yes, this is the official podcast of the event coming to Dallas, Texas on March 24th, 2016. You can get all the information, all the speaker lineup, everything, and of course, buy your tickets over at entrepreneursummitdallas.com and I hope to see you there. And before we jump in, I want to first thank our sponsors who, of course, without them, this could never happen, the event, the podcast, all of it. First of all, Southwest Airlines. Yes, the Southwest Airlines. We're so honored to have you aboard I mean, what isn't greater from a Dallas entrepreneur story than Southwest Airlines? Also, the Frisco Economic Development Corporation. The event is technically in Frisco, Texas, just a suburb of Dallas, Texas, and one of the most booming cities in America. So definitely check them out at FriscoEDC.com. Now, today's episode is with Joel Calm, and I'm so excited. Joel's going to be one of our actually the opening keynote speaker at the Entrepreneur Summit. If you don't know Joel, Joel has a a huge array of businesses behind him. So he's an entrepreneur many times over. He's a best-selling author, not once, not twice, but several times. He is an app developer and he owned an app. He still owns the app, that was number one in all of iTunes for 23 days. His website, one of his first websites, was one of the first 18,000 in all of the World Wide Web, and one of his businesses called Classic Games was acquired by Yahoo Games, and this is just a few of everything that he's done. He's got a great story. Uh, I've gotten to know Joel and so honored to, and so he's gonna be talking about success at the summit, and so that's what we kicked off by, and then we went into lots of conversations uh, about some marketing techniques, what success means to Joel and what it means to him to be a successful entrepreneur. So here it is with Joel Com. All right, well, Joel Com, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: It's my pleasure. How fun.
0: Yes, I'm very excited to have you come in March for the summit. And I have to say the more and more I get to know you, I guess this is a good thing. But just how honored I am to have you on stage and and really learn from you because you're going to be talking about success at the summit Mm -hmm. and the seven keys to success. And I look at you from the outside as someone who has had massive success. You've got so many wins under your belt. But let's go a little deep thoughts here, kicking off this podcast. What does success mean to you?
1: Uh, You know, it's not about money. It's about doing what you love to do and impacting the world around you in a positive way. I feel that when you're doing that, that the results are going to be your needs are, are taken care of.
0: Okay. I love it. And I'm interested to know, you know, you've had so many like websites you, you sold to Google or Yahoo. You've got all these great companies, apps, best-selling books. What was a moment for you where you were able to say, all right, I feel I've reached success or have you always been that way?
1: You know, I think I've always followed whatever wherever my heart led me. Uh, I started working at the food court when I was 14 because it looked interesting. And I thought, oh, people will pay me to do that. And I wanted to save up for my first computer. And most of the jobs that I had um, before I became an entrepreneur were things that it looked like it was fun to me. In college, I became a DJ because... I just, it looked like fun and worked on the radio station and nightclubs and then out of college, uh, worked in nightclubs and then started my own DJ business, my own entrepreneurial venture, a couple sales jobs in between all that. And, uh, when it came to the internet, I got started in 1995 and, um, a year later I had my first real, uh, win. Uh, it was a licensing deal with a Japanese multimedia conglomerate, um, and a, and a year later, uh, it was when the the everything really came together, and I had created a multiplayer game site well, along with my programming buddy, uh, and um, we branded it and launched it, and ended up selling it to Yahoo a year later. And that was that moment right there, and the check that I got from that sale was the turning point. And it was like, okay, what else can we play with?
0: That's awesome because I think. Anybody in their life, if they tell you that that's not what they would love to do is just follow what they love and see what happens and, you know, you win some, you lose some, I think would be anybody would want to do that. So it's incredible that you've gotten to that point. And I want to take that to another place because I saw you recently post and this just struck me, like completely struck me. You talked about how, and I'm paraphrasing, so, but you said you were on a blab and they were talking about ROI. There were a bunch of entrepreneurs talking about ROI. And as an entrepreneur, I'm several businesses in, ROI is everything to me. I'm a nerd. I like to look at numbers. Yet you said you don't, ROI is not what you look for. It's ROE, which is return on experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just uh, amazing. But, and you said money, you know, money comes and goes. So I'd love to know when you, you know, obviously you got the Yahoo deal, which was okay. You could relax a little bit. You, you know, you figured it out. But when did you really get to this point that anytime you go and and look at a business opportunity, you're like, yeah, I could make a lot of money, but I'm not going to love this. Versus maybe I won't have the money, but this is going to be really awesome to try out.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that that happens to me regularly. I think that it's one of the characteristics that has been a driving force of my success uh, begins with curiosity. It begins with interest. It starts with passion. If I'm not interested in it, uh, there's, there's no shortage of ways to make money. Uh, there's all kinds of things. Like If I was in a crunch, I'm like, I need to make some money. I know how to throw together a webinar and build a list and you know, and do that. It's just not all that much fun for me. To do it. There's other things that are more engaging that, that aren't necessarily generating revenue but are bringing me um, incredible returns as a lifestyle, just in personal enjoyment. And, and it's not that I don't think those things will ever turn into monetization. I hope they do. But it's more of um, trusting the process. Like right now, I'm really into live video. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love. I've, I've been doing live video since 2008, but with the newest generation of apps we now have, with the bandwidth being as, as broad as it is, and people having access to uh, to watch programming, um, you know, I'm really into Periscope and, and blabbing, and uh, in Snapchat, which isn't live video but it's a, another form of video. And there's no, nobody's paying me to do that. I've had a couple sponsored gigs, but for the most part, nobody's paying me to do the content I create. I'm just trusting that as I deliver value and bring content to people, that my brand will continue to be reinforced and that the money will come from being a name in that space. And that's what I've discovered again and again. When I uh, am intrigued by new technology and I want to play with it, if i figure it out and it lasts i end up being positioned as one of the guys who was there in the beginning uh so i just i trust that whole process and i and i'm pretty sure you know if i was a gambling man uh i might not be gambling with money but i am gambling with time and resources to say this is a this is a bet i want to make
0: interesting so for the person who is an entrepreneur out there, because when, you're, when you tr- start something, right, it's really fun, it's really awesome, uh, it's puppies and rainbows, and then you kind of have to get into the grind of the business a little bit. So how do you know what's something you're just disinterested in versus something you, you just got to get through this hard spot with, you know, to get to the next level?
1: I'm not sure I understand. So
0: just for people who, you know, because you're like, I want to try something and if I love it and I'm still interested, I'm going to keep doing it. And there's certain businesses, entrepreneurs, let's say, let's, let's talk about your app, the iFart app, right? Okay. So you build it. I mean, obviously that's a fun thing to take on, right? (laughs) Right. It was. Exactly. So there's that perspective, but then you're developing an app, maybe there's some tough times with that where you're dealing with developers and maybe it didn't happen to you, but it could happen, right? Or you're starting to get into the marketing of it. It's a little bit hard, but you really believe in this product and you love what it's doing. Is there, you know, for you, it's, I want to stay interested. I want to stay loving it. But is there a line that you have where, all right, you know what, this is, I'm just not interested in this anymore versus I got to push through this stuff to get the other side. Does that make sense? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's a moving target, Aaron. It really is. I I don't know that I could point to a place on the timeline that is the same for any two projects. They're all different. I I really um, have a a, a curious and experimental approach to life. And that means, you know, what worked before for this thing doesn't mean it's going to work for that thing. It's always Something new. And I'm always surrounded by opportunities, not just the ones that people bring to me, but the ones that I create for myself. For example, I'm sitting in my um, living room right now and I'm looking into my dining room, which has a small table and there's a lot of room on the floor. And up against the wall are four boxes open smack dab, you know, in my living area. Now, you know, I'm a bachelor, so it's fine because my house doesn't need to <laughs> look particularly good. But these boxes are full with, of Do Good Stuff t-shirts. There's 200 of them that I ordered several weeks ago. And I know at some point I want to put, put a shop online and start selling them. And that opportunity is there as soon as I feel motivated to do that. But right now, there's other things that I'm doing. And so I, I tend to use the shirts as a promotional, you know, uh, it's, there's very much a flow for my life in general. And there's always opportunity and things I can be doing, but I never want to sacrifice, um, the enjoying my life at the behest of some demand of work that I have to do to make a buck. And I understand that, look, everybody's got bills to pay. I have bills to pay, right? There's this, It doesn't just come in by itself. I have to do something, but I try to uh, find a real healthy balance between uh, my activities that are revenue-generating and my quality of life. And it makes me really sad. I know so many people who um, have made themselves slaves to their their work by... Uh, investing in this notion that you go to school, you get a degree, you get this career, you work for, you know, 35, 40 years with this company, and then you retire. You know, shoot me now. I just, I I don't know how to live like that, Um, you know, because life is short. and We don't know how long we have. And I want to squeeze as much as I can out of today.
0: No, I love it. Like, you live in probably the one percentile of people who actually – you know, live your dream and follow it. And even from an entrepreneur perspective, a lot of times people become slaves to, you know, they're living the dream, quote unquote, as an entrepreneur, but they become slaves to their business. So I commend you for just having this. I think it's so... Amazing, and I know I hope to get there someday. I'm not there yet, but just this whole like, yeah, I'm gonna try this, and whatever, whatever is, will it, you know, will be. And I think it's it's so incredible. And I want to cover marketing a little bit because you mentioned. Hey, Aaron, can I just
1: say you're doing it right now, and I admire it. You're doing it with this event, and and on one hand, I know what putting on an event is like. It's stressful. There's so much there that you didn't know (laughs) was going to be there, which is why I don't put them on very often, even my. Small meetups that I do, I say small, we have about one hundred and fifty people come to our social media shenanigans here in Denver, but I canceled one that I was going to do last year because it, i wasn 't having fun um, at that moment. I thought, you know what if my heart's not fully in this then i've got i 've made a job for myself. But the thing I want to encourage you uh, in is that what you 're doing is so special and so unique, and to remember the experience and the joy in the journey of what you're putting together and what you are creating with your own hands and with the cooperation of those that you're bringing together and make sure that you stop and and look at this thing and smile. And, And in part of this entrepreneurial thing we have is then coming at it with open hands, not clutching it, but that's life in general, right? Open hands. It says, Hey, whatever this is, um, it's going to be great. And I'm going to learn from it.
0: Yeah, getting there. (laughs) No, I wish. uh, Yeah, I need to let go a little bit. Like I have a my part. My problem is pressure. Like I want I want it to be the best it can possibly be. I want to knock it out of the park, you know. So that's where I lose the joy a little bit because it becomes more pressure. And I think a lot of people feel that, too. I know, you know, as entrepreneurs, you start getting investors or you start you have a lot of clients who are counting on you and it you forget the joy because you feel the pressure and that's the, you know, emotion that's taking over you a little bit.
1: Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. A lot of that's, our, we create that pressure.
0: Ourselves. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, so find the yeah. pressure
1: valve and release the steam <laughs> a little bit and, and uh, enjoy the experience. There's so many times that um, I've been in that pressure cooker and put myself there and I look back at it and I go, you know, that turned out really great, or it turned out okay, or it bombed. But when I look at it in retrospect, I don't remember how stressed I was by it. I, I, I look back and I try to remember the best part of that experience. And so you don't have to look for those things. You really do sometimes. Um, but I, I, I never regret doing those things. Because even from my greatest failures, I have derived some incredible lessons that I'm now able to uh, pay it forward to others.
0: Uh, I love it. And you do a lot of I can just see from what you do out there, you do a lot of paying it forward. And let's jump into networking then for a bit, because you are an incredible networker, you're helping out people. Part of the power of these events is to meet face to face and build relationships with people. Uh I'm, I'm going to go on a limb. I don't know you 100%, but I have a feeling you're an inc- – I mean you, just the people you've introduced me to and the people I see you introducing other people to. What's one of the top keys of networking that you have for people in taking advantage of events like this and you know, building a real powerful network behind you?
1: I, I think the number one tip that I can give anybody is show up. Um, and show up without an agenda. A lot of people like, I'm going to go to a networking event and I'm going to introduce people to my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know Zig Ziglar once said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's not about you and it's not about your business. It's not about your product. It's not about your service. In fact, this is going to come as a real shocker to some of you. And, and uh, when I say it, I'm going to pause because I want to, I want to let it hit you for a moment and then I'm going to tell you what I mean. You are not in the business of selling your product or your service. You're not. You are in the business of meeting the needs of other people who may find benefit from your product or service. But it's an others-focused approach that says when I go to an event, whether I'm speaking or not, and I go to a lot of events that I, that I don't speak at, I'm going to... One next weekend in San Diego that I have not been invited to speak at. There's going to be, I don't know, two, 3,000 people there. And I know I'm going to see a lot of my friends there. And who knows who else I'm going to meet there. But I know just by showing up and being open to whatever comes my way, opportunity will knock. It will be there. And every conversation I have, I don't have expectations of what it's going to be. And I'm not there to say, hey, buy my stuff, promote my stuff. I'm there to see where it, uh, is opportunity going to open where I can deliver value and trust that as I do that, value will come back to me. It's all about doing good stuff.
0: I love it. Another good promo for do good stuff. But it's true. It really is. It's about you never know who you're going to meet and you never know you know what it's going to lead to. But you like, like you said, you have to be open to it and not about, hey, look at me. What can you do for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. And. I want to cover too, since we've got a few minutes left, but marketing, because you, I'm curious to know, I think a lot of people who start businesses or entrepreneurs, they don't want to call themselves a marketer because, you know, it feels, you know, they just made me say, I don't, I need, I don't want to know it, but I feel you have to know it. And I'm curious to know, you started the DJ business, you started the gaming business. Were you always a marketer, or did you make yourself learn it? Because then all of a sudden you're switching to writing books about Google AdWords, and uh, you know now you're a social media expert too.
1: Yeah, so I didn't. I, those were all accidental. Every bit of it. It's only intentional as far as I go. Ooh, that 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 sandbox over there. Uh, I've got my pail and shovel. I want to go over there and see what I can build. And that's what I am. I'm a guy with a pail and a shovel looking for a sandbox. (laughs) So the intention comes in my my initial interest and curiosity, and then my desire to continue playing in that sandbox. But I didn't set out to become a marketer. I, uh, I didn't set out to write books. I never thought I would be a public speaker, even though I was a speech comm major in college. I did it in college because it seemed like the easiest way to get through and get a degree. But I was terrified of speaking in front of people. Terrified. Those of you who attend the uh, Entrepreneur Summit, you won't believe it when I tell you this because I've become so ridiculously comfortable on stage. But I used to be absolutely uh, anxiety-ridden to, to speak Uh, But, you know, what I've discovered is um, as I get get an interest in playing in a certain area, um, the doors open up. For example, in 2005, uh, I had really figured out how to make – 2004 was I made money with AdSense. I was making upwards of $500 a day in passive income. And I was telling some friends how they could do this on their site. And one of them said, you should write a book. (laughs) I said, (laughs) oh, Okay. And I thought, you know, all right, I'll put together this book. It was a 66-page ebook called What Google Never Told You About Making Money with AdSense. It launched, I think, in January of 2005. Uh, I priced it at $77. I knew there was real value in it. And I figured, hey, if this thing sells $10,000 in books a year, that, that's, you know, that's free money. It's ones and zeros. It's, it's you know, it's an e-book. It's air. Um, and it sold that much the first week. And before you know it, I Put out a second volume and thousands of copies sold, which led to a physical book on the subject called the AdSense Code, and that's the one that hit the New York Times bestseller list. And all you know, but I had to learn how do I sell this, and I just did the next thing, and it wasn't like this strategy. Okay, I'm going to figure out how to make money doing this, and then I'm going to write a book and become the expert, and it's going to put me on stages everywhere, and people are going to think I'm this internet marketing god with a small G. You know, it none of that's planned. I didn't think ifart would be nearly as big as it was. I was delighted <laughs> that everything fell in place and it worked. You know, we hit number one in the world. It stayed on top of the charts for three weeks and got li- written up everywhere. We just thought it was a fun idea that some people would buy, uh, but it turned into so much more. And so that's really. <laughs> I wish I could say, you know, pe- people say all kinds of nice things about me and it's always nice to hear nice things, but I don't think I'm that smart, really. I think that more of my success comes from my willingness to experiment and play and, and just being nice to other people. You know, we, we just, people can be so hard on each other and we see competition as, you know, this cutthroat thing and I'm really of the mindset that a, a rising tide lifts all boats. And uh, it, it reminds me of a story when AdSense Secrets was such a big hit. Um, in late 2005, a gentleman by the name of Michael Cheney, I just wrote about this on Facebook. It's I funny. saw it, yeah. It's off it. uh, Michael is a, a British guy who I never met. He came out with a product called AdSense Videos. And, you know, a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, he's honing in on my territory. He's got a competing product. I looked at it. I thought this is this is good stuff. This uh this complements what I'm writing in my book, so I became an affiliate and I I promoted it to my list and sold a ton of product for him and we became friends and uh, you know, I having an abundance mentality towards the business we're in is much more rewarding. Than trying to you know crush the competition or somehow silence them. And there's nothing wrong with healthy competition in business. I just think the more cooperative we are, the the more is in it for everybody.
0: No, I agree, and I want to note too. Like the key to your success, it, you know, you say you're just a guy with a. a- a pail and a shovel looking for the next sandbox. But the thing Mm -hmm. is, you go into the sandbox. That's the key. Like a lot of people see, you know, when they say you should write a book on it, they're like, oh, God, no, hell no, I can't do that. Or, you know, you start it and never finish it. So I commend you from that perspective that you actually do what you're interested in versus talking yourself out of it.
1: I like the beach and the sand between my toes. So it works (laughs) works out just perfect. And frankly, if you're not willing to take risks then you're you should not be an entrepreneur you have when you when I go into one of the new ventures I have and there's multiple ventures going on at any time uh, I'm fully aware that it might completely fail, and that doesn't bother me at all and so if it bothers you to the point of stifling your ability to move forward, then perhaps your skills lie elsewhere and maybe entrepreneurship is not what you're cut out for and that's fine you know we need, we need people to to do the other work um there's a lot of what we do as entrepreneurs that we could not accomplish without those who go to their jobs to get things you know done for us so uh, i'm glad that there's uh space for everybody
0: yeah i agree and i have a funny note too uh you made me you you made me uh What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say look important, but that's not what I'm saying. But my I was having dinner with my friend and she's very non-social media, very non-marketing, and she we we're talking about you, and she's like, Yeah, I don't know who he is. I said, He developed this app called the iFart app and she is a huge big bang theory <laughs> fan. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And she all of a sudden you were like <laughs> a rock star to her. So just I thought it was pretty funny. She's like, Oh my gosh, I was on the big bang theory. But anyway, real quick, one more key. I would love for you to tell us real quick. Snapchats. hot. You're killing it on Snapchat. Give us one tip of, uh, you know, how to really utilize Snapchat because you're doing really well with it and tell us a little bit about, you know, how you're using it and what's the one tip you have for uh, using it in in business.
1: Oh, well, I don't know that I am using it in business. Um, I'm I'm using it to share uh, parts of my life that it's very... In the moment, one person said Snapchat is like the the in between Facebook and speaking and writing. It's those those uh, surges of creativity um, moments that you you get to capture in either stills or video and put text and stickers and uh, I just I am a storyteller. I'm a writer and I'm a speaker and I love telling stories and and Snapchat just provides a venue for me to give people something they don't expect and to share something with them uh, in that channel that they don't get anywhere else. I want, you know, if you like my tweets, that's great. If you like me on Facebook, fantastic. If you like my Periscopes and Blabs, they're all different. What I do in each one is different. Well, Snapchat is very much like that. And it's even, it's the most personal of uh, venues for me to share. So it's, uh, it's almost like an insider type thing. If you're following me on Snapchat, you're going to get glimpses of, of my life that you don't see anywhere else. And it's my goal with Snapchat to do the same thing, the same goals I have in all the other platforms. It's just the methods that vary, but I always seek to inform and equip, right? I want to, I want to educate people. I want to drop knowledge on them. I mean, today I gave a great Snapchat tip, um, on Snapchat that I, uh, learn from Brian Fanzo and give him the proper shout outs for it. So I want to educate. I want to inspire people. I, w- I want to help them to, you know, live their lives today and do good stuff and and, uh, and and be more fulfilled and happier in their lives. And And finally, and really, perhaps most importantly to me is I want to entertain people. I love making people laugh. I love making them think. I love making them feel. And um, you know, speaking, writing, social media, video, Snapchat, all give me different venues to accomplish all three of those things. And, uh, and I never know which of those facets are going to show up at any moment, but I guarantee in all likelihood, there's gonna, you're always going to find a good deal of silliness on Snapchat.
0: No, you're having fun and it's very apparent unless you're an incredibly great actor, which I give you props for, but you're just, you're having fun. You're having fun with the social media. And I think, you know, to your point of having fun in your business, the same thing goes with social media. And when you're having fun and enjoying it, it shines through and you don't have to stress so much about the numbers or the impact or all of that because it'll come naturally. Absolutely. All right. Well, Joel, and I can't stress enough for people listening. If you're not following Joel, follow him on Snapchat at Joel.com. He's really entertaining and just doing really well with it. So Joel, uh, thank you. We're going to see you in March. I'm so excited for people who want to connect with you now uh, before the March event or even after as this goes on. Where can they connect with you?
1: everywhere i'm everywhere joelcom.com i'm the only joelcom in the world so at joelcom on facebook twitter snapchats i love if you would follow me on snapchat even if you don't know what you're doing and if you think that snapchat is just for um, children and sending pictures of unmentionables it's not anymore there's 200 million people on it it has transitioned and turned the corner uh, adults and business people are using it and it's a great time to jump in
0: yeah, I'll add to that, too, because I was very confused by it. Thanks to you and and Brian Fanzo. I'll give props to iSocial Fans. Go follow him, F-A-N-Z. Uh, I got it. I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense, and it's not so intimidating. So thank you for that very much. Oh, my uh, pleasure. And, of course, all that information will be on our notes page. So, Joel, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to see you in March.
1: I can't wait. I haven't been to uh, North Texas. I lived there for uh, 12 years in Dallas and then in Plano. And uh, when I moved to Plano, Frisco was a cornfield. So I can't wait to uh, to return. And I know it's a booming metropolis now.
0: No, you're never going to recognize it. It's crazy. So, <laughs> all right.
1: Awesome. Talk to you soon.